And here we go. Welcome to the Morning Brew with Stu. As always, I'm your host, Stuart Brooking. We've got a special guest today, host of the Blue Bloods College Football Podcast, Zach McKinnell. And Zach, welcome. And uh, just give everybody a, a quick rundown of, of you know, who you are, what you do, and and the, that type of stuff so they, they can learn about you and know who you are. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, uh, ho- like you said, host of the Blue Bloods um, on YouTube, any all podcaster platforms. We cover every level of college football. So if you want FCS coverage, group of five coverage, power five coverage, we got you covered every conference. No bias over here. We cover everybody fairly. Game previews weekly. We're one of the only YouTube channels that does daily college football content all year long, even in the all season. And I'm also a writer for Flower Eagle. You know, I'm an Auburn alum. So still, if you want more of my biased takes, go check me out on Flower Eagle. But if you want the unbiased take on college football, definitely check me out on the Blue Bloods, man. All right. And I brought you on here. Uh, I, I think you know the main reason we're we're here, obviously, to talk college football, but to talk Cincinnati. But we'll, Cincinnati is the main reason. And we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. We'll you know, we'll get everybody's anticipation up and then we'll give them a whole, a whole show to, to wait for. But let's, let's start off with your reaction to the college football playoffs, the, the committee's voting. I'll, I'll start by saying this. And I tweeted it out when, as soon as, you know, I was able to see the rankings and it was, I was glad that the college football committee did not listen to the fans and the media and put Cincinnati in the top four. Now, I think Cincinnati has a shot, a better shot than people are giving them credit for. I know that, you know, the vibe around it is that, you know, Cincinnati six, so it's the end of the world and all this other stuff. But, like, Michigan still has to play Ohio State. I know Ohio State's dominated Michigan in the past, and, you know, that's that's been their thing. But, I mean, it's 2021, not 2020, not 2019, not 2018. Anything can happen, um, and you know. You have to, the product has to be done on the field. And I think that Michigan, you know, could beat Ohio State, but I also think Ohio State could probably hang 50 on them and like they always do. And then they're probably the fourth ranked team in the college football playoffs, not Oregon. So just to start off, what were your what were your thoughts when the rankings initially came down? Not just the top four teams, but some of the teams throughout the top twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, so for one, even if I may may not agree with it, I actually wasn't surprised by much. The biggest surprise for me was Oregon sneaking in at four. I, I really, like, I would have bet my life. They probably, because, you know, I, in my rankings, I went back and forth of having them in between five and, like, eight, depending on, you know, how you rank those middle of the pack teams. But I think we can both agree, after you get past Georgia, it's just chaos from, like, two to number nine, where yeah. if depending on what stat you look at, what metric you use. I mean, you can rank those teams anywhere. Um, and so for me, I wasn't surprised with Alabama too, even though I don't necessarily agree with it. I knew they would be in the top four and it, you know, it's Alabama and then Michigan state. But I mean, I don't think there's a hotter team in the country right now than what the Michigan state Spartans are, especially with how they won last weekend. And on top of that, it always helps when you have a Heisman candidate and Kenneth Walker leading your team. I mean, five touchdowns. And if there's ever a Heisman moment for a running back to have, it was on full display last weekend. I mean, he had one of those legendary performances that they're going to talk about in East Lansing for a very long time. 
Now, um, for Oregon, you know, I don't mind them being at four because I do like the fact that they respected their win over Ohio State. So it showed that what happened on the field mattered, and I didn't think it would because in the past it really hasn't for the playoff committee, and they've said, well, yes, they beat that team, but they've looked better over the past, you know, however many weeks, and I think we both can agree Ohio State probably has looked a bit better than Oregon has since that loss but they still said you got that win over Ohio State. We're going to put you above them. The one team I was a, a I, bit surprised. Real quick. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. But can I can I ask you a question about this Oregon? If, if Oregon beats Ohio State at Oregon, mm-hmm. is are they ranked fourth today? Uh, probably I, not. I would say probably it's because not. they went into Columbus and they yeah. they beat or they beat Ohio State. If, if they beat Ohio State at Oregon, I think Ohio State is the fourth-ranked team in the country. Well, it's also the fact, I mean, people forget this. What was the narrative when Kayvon Thibodeau was announced that he was missing the game? And that was the week they were missing Suell as well, their top linebacker. So they're missing two of their best defensive players and then still go out and hold this offense to 28 points in Columbus. So let's, I mean, there's a lot of factors that kind of think played into the hype around that win. But I agree with you. If it's in Autzen Stadium up there in Eugene, they're probably fifth maybe six, but I, I don't think they, they squeak into the fourth spot. But my other surprise was Oklahoma. I thought they were going to get the benefit of the doubt. You know, I'm glad they kind of docked them for the thing, because, I mean, me and you've talked about it. That was my biggest argument is if you're going to dock Cincinnati, you better dock Oklahoma because they haven't looked very impressive either. And I think the committee sent a statement to Oklahoma, like you better start winning because they've looked unimpressive and they had the whole quarterback battle. And that was the thing. And then the other one that I was, I would say, a bit surprised about are the three lost teams that made it in. I mean, I don't think anybody in the country right now thinks any of the three lost teams are top 25 teams at week 10. I mean, if you've lost three games to this point, and unless you lost them to Georgia, Alabama, or one of the top 10 teams, I really don't think you belong in the top 25, regardless of who you play, especially when you look at what Wisconsin has been this year, which is just a massive disappointment. And then outside of Mississippi State being propped up by two ranked wins, they lose to Memphis, get a one-point win over Louisiana Tech, and now you're telling me they're the 16th best team in the country. I can't buy it. That was my other surprise. But I do like they showed respect to Wake Forest, to Baylor, putting them up in the top 12, you know, with that one loss. I think Baylor's in the contention for the playoffs, too. If they went out, beat a Oklahoma, beat a, you know, beat a, you know, I guess they can re they get their revenge game against Oklahoma State. They already lost to them, but they'd probably get them in the championship game. So if, if Baylor wins out, I think they're in it as well. But then, of course, as we've talked about, Auburn and AM with two losses sitting there as SEC, you know, potential champions if things fall right. Auburn controlling their own destiny are also in it. So I was really surprised with kind of how that eight through like 14 range went as well. You know, here's the thing. I want to say this. I I've been seeing a lot lately about Wake Forest and people being like Wake Forest is only as ranked as high as they are because they're in the SEC. And that's fine. My my counter to that, Zach, is this. Oklahoma's ranked eighth, and they've been a powerhouse the last four or five, six years. So what's your, what's your excuse there? What what do you think about Wake Forest and them being ranked as high as they are, even though they're eight? No, like I don't think it has to do with the SEC, because if it did, and it has to do with them being a powerhouse and a powerhouse conference, 
they would have given Oklahoma the benefit of the benefit of the doubt. Like you, like you said, you thought they were going to. Yeah. I mean, for Wake Forest, it, it all starts with the ACC having a down year and it's not really the ACC having a down year. When you look at it, NC state's not having a bad year. You know, you've got Wake Forest sitting there undefeated. You have some of these, I guess, not name brand teams that are doing well. Pitt's doing well. All these teams that aren't supposed to be doing well are doing well. And I don't think the committee respects it. But if you replace some of these teams, like what if I replace Wake with Clemson and NC State at 19 with Florida State? Then what Then what conversation are we having? But I, I disagree. And I again, I disagree because I point to Oklahoma. Like everyone talks about, you know, if Clemson played was with Wake Forest, they'd be the number two team in the country. Oklahoma's eight known they're eighth in the country. So like, and and they've had some iffy wins. If Clemson plays the way that they've been playing all year and they somehow squeeze out an eight no record with Wake Forest's schedule, I don't think they're the number two team in the country. Come, well, they probably not. Time. They're probably not number two. I'm just saying they'd be above nine because we've seen it happen before. They lost to what Syracuse, yeah, it, with Kelly Bryant, and they only dropped to like five. Yeah, and they didn't look impressive all that year. So I'm just going based on history. I still think the name break carries. And what what happens, man, if you replace Oklahoma with a Texas Tech right now, they probably be like 14th undefeated. No, I they mean, went, you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't give them any respect. I mean, Oklahoma might, and, and this is tough because I always say you have to win at the end of the day. If you get a W in that column, that's all that matters. But they might have the worst nine and zero record I think I might have ever seen. From an Oklahoma, I mean, team. they should I mean, they should have lost to Kansas. They should have lost to Tulane, uh, I mean, Texas, Texas. Like, there's a lot of should have losses and and didn't wind up being that way. They just you know caught some breaks and wound up winning games, which again is what football is about is catching some breaks. Um, just some final thoughts on the college football committee's rankings, and then we'll move into yours and we'll discuss your at least your top four. Yeah, um, the other, I mean, I guess the biggest thing, too, is I thought it was weird the teams they propped up. And I know we talked about this in our, uh, you know, off-the-ball network chat with everyone in the college football realm. I mean, the fact that the teams that are getting the benefits of the doubts are the teams connected to the top teams that are getting propped up. You look at an Iowa, a Wisconsin, a Mississippi State. All these teams are being propped up, and whose resume does that boost? It boosts the Michigan States, the Ohio States, the Alabamas. I mean, and so that's the one thing I'm questioning is why. So if, if Mississippi State wasn't in the SEC, would they be 5-3, and three, number 16 in the country? Probably not. And same for, you know, even like Minnesota. Like, yes, they're 6-2. and two. I don't have a problem with them being ranked but they haven't beat a team with like a winning record all season. It's just their one loss was to Ohio state and they dropped one more. They're six and two, but they haven't beaten anybody, but it props up that Ohio state resume, keeping them inside the top 20. So I just thought it was weird how some of the teams, you know, and then on top of that, you look at every other poll and you can say the college football playoff poll is different. How come, um, there, there are two teams of Cincinnati's conference that all of a sudden disappeared from the top 20 Yeah, off the face of the earth. And then you put a three-loss Mississippi State team at 16. For me, uh, that raises some huge red flags. I'm with, I'm with you on the Mississippi State thing because don't them and Penn State have the same record? 
and then Penn yeah. State's not even not even ranked. So, like, what your I what the committee's saying there is that you know they're a top twenty school by being five and three, but Penn State isn't, and Penn State you know plays in the Big Ten, which I could argue this year is a little tougher in the SEC outside of the top two teams in the SEC with you know Georgia and Bama. Yeah, and I mean that's the biggest thing for me. And also, Wisconsin uh, at five and three, they've been blown out. I mean, Michigan <laughs> blew their doors off. Notre Dame beat them forty-one to sixteen. They lose to Penn State, who's not ranked right now. So how good is that loss on their resume? And they're being propped up. They have two top twenty-five wins. One was against number 25, Purdue, who was only being propped up by beating number two, Iowa, who currently is 22nd. And then they get they, they beat Iowa last week, who now is 22nd and is not the team we thought they were. The For me, the fundamental question, Stu, is this, and I've, I've went back and forth on it, I'd like to get your take on it, is, you know, we've heard some experts say you should freeze it at the moment the game's played. So you should say right now, Georgia has top 10 wins over in Arkansas. They have a top 10 win over Clemson. They have a top 12 win over Kentucky. You should freeze it in that moment. Or should we or should we evaluate teams as the season goes on and see how these teams develop? So should we take take a ranked win from Georgia because Clemson didn't turn out to be who we thought they were? Should we take a ranked win from Georgia because Arkansas is not ranked anymore? Should we take a ranked win from Alabama because Miami is not ranked anymore? So does that matter in the long run or should you freeze it at the moment that game's played? I think you should do a little bit of both. Like, for instance, I'll use Oregon for an example, right? Like, Oregon's getting propped up into the top four for beating Ohio State. I mean, that's pretty much the sole reason that they're they're the fourth ranked team in the country. At the time, Oregon was was or Ohio State was highly ranked. They were one of the best teams in the country. They look. I'm going to be honest with you. They did not look like one of the best teams in the country early on. But that that close game with Minnesota, you know, the one with Oregon, some other games mixed in there as well. But since then, they have now they have turned it on essentially and looked fantastic in a sense and looked really well in most games that I've seen them play since that game versus Oregon. So for me, how I would look at it is say, yeah, they did beat a Ohio State team at the time who was not very good. But let's look at Ohio State now. And Ohio State now is a really, really good football team. And so like I would have if those two teams met right now. I think Ohio State would probably the the result will be a little different. I I believe, yeah. but I look at it now and say, well, they did beat them. They were ranked pretty high, and now that's a really really good football team that they did beat. So I will give them the fourth spot. Yeah, because I mean the best example really is Florida for both Georgia and Alabama. Are we really going to count Florida as a top eleven win for Alabama, but say Georgia beat up on an unranked Florida team when it was? Yeah, yeah. I mean I'm the with same you. team because I mean right now I mean so Florida beat Tennessee early in the season. I right now I would have a tough time picking Florida over Tennessee if they played this weekend with how that team's playing. Yeah, Florida Florida's falling off the map, and I agree with you. I mean. That's some of the losses that, you know, Bama has against them. That that when I argue this whole Cincinnati thing, you've thrown it at me, Moe's throwing it at me, other people are throwing it at me, you know, what about Florida? What about Texas A&M? Or not Texas A&M. It was Mississippi State that beat. Yeah. Miss, yeah. yeah. Mississippi State that beat them. And I, I'm going to say this. 
it's the same thing that I just said with Ohio State. Like the team that played Florida, the team that played Mississippi State, I think is a different team than the team you see now. Like I think if you replay those games, I think Florida gets to break speed off of them. I think if you replay that game versus Mississippi State, I think they get to break speed off of them. And it's not even a contest. We don't even consider that as a close call. I, you know, early season struggles, a freshman quarterback, all that new stuff. I think that hurt Alabama earlier in the year. I think they have fixed it. There are things that, you know, other teams in the country, Cincinnati, I've seen veteran quarterback, you know, some, some really solid players who've been there for a while. Now I'm seeing some things and some signs that, you know, this team to me is not a team that, if a top four team or if they were a top four team that would make it out versus some of these upper teams like Bama, Georgia, you know, Ohio state, I don't even think they it fare well versus Ohio state. That's where I look at teams like Alabama. And I say, I think they've improved since those losses versus Cincinnati, where I think they've kind of stayed the same and maybe in some instances have gotten worse. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think this week is going to be a very telling sign for the committee and how they and do they consistently update resumes? Because let's just throw out this scenario: Arkansas, Mississippi State's a very interesting game this weekend. Mississippi State's now propped up with that number sixteen ranking. What happens if Arkansas goes in there and and just beats them in Fayetteville, which personally I think is going to happen? And then Auburn, Texas A and M is huge for Alabama. They need A and M to win that game. Because if Auburn continues this streak of beat, you know, and beats AM and Kyle Field, man, that that loss looks atrocious right now because AM is probably dropping out of the top 20. Yeah. And then that and then now you have your biggest division rival who, you know, and then that's why so Stu, the biggest thing I hate in college football is is this idea of the transitive property. Fans have to stop using the transitive property. Like every time I hear like, oh, well, this team beat this team. So they would blow out this team. And it's like, that's that that's not true. Because you can like I can give you a scenario right now based on the Bama loss to AM that UC Davis would beat Alabama right now, who's an FCS team in the big sky right now. And it's like you can't use the transitive property because the the fundamental thing I say about football is nothing's the same week to week. Like you said, the Alabama against AM and Kyle Field was a completely different team than the Bama we saw against Mississippi State just one week later. The LSU team that we saw week one against UCLA is fundamentally a different team that we saw in Baton Rouge against Auburn in week four. Georgia, week one against Clemson, fundamentally a different team than we're seeing today. So for me, the number one thing that kills me is when fans are like, well, the transit of property works here. And it's like, no, because A doesn't equal B because – a and B are changing every single weekend. And so it just kills me, man. Every because you know, I, I know you probably get it on your show too, where it's like, well, my team beat this team by this much. Well, it's like if that's the case, Penn State beat Auburn. If Auburn beats Ole Miss, and do you think Penn State's beating Ole Miss right now? I personally don't, and I just I, I can't stand it, man. I think the transit of property gets a lot of people in trouble in terms of playoff rankings. I agree. And you know, we'll we'll see if a take of mine that I've brought up multiple times in the group chat that we'll bring up regarding Cincinnati is viewed as transitive property. We'll see. It, it might be, but we'll, we'll see. Okay. Let's move on to your college football rankings. Again, you had Georgia number one, you had Michigan state number two, you had Cincy at number three and 
Alabama at number four. The only one I disagree with is Cincinnati. I think you knew I was going there. Um, yeah. I'll let you talk about your college football rankings, and then I will just re- rebuke. I will have a rebuttal. Uh, well, I think we can agree on number one. Anyone, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I had someone comment on my video on YouTube that, that Bama should be number one and that Georgia should be two. And I was like, I don't think you understand how good Georgia's been this year, but we'll just let that slide. You haven't watched college football <laughs> this year. But for me, you know, I almost did this, man. I almost put the four top undefeateds in the playoff and then put Bama and Ohio State at five and six just because of the off-the-field performance. But when we break it down further, for me – the number one thing is undefeated that beats a one loss most of the time. Two, I also want to see how many rank wins you have, what's your biggest win, and where are you at in terms of momentum-wise. That's the main reason Michigan State's a two. Right now, with how that Clemson loss has aged for Georgia, I think Michigan State has a great argument to have one of the best wins in the entire country right now. Them in Oregon. I don't think you can argue anyone else has a better win than Oregon over Ohio State and Michigan State over Michigan right this second in terms of the playoff race for those teams. And so for me, Michigan State having that win this weekend, so recent, they got two ranked wins. You got the Hosman candidate. They got four wins over teams with a 500 or plus record. And so I used the freeze frame. And so let's see who have you beat you know, ranked and how impressive was it? Well, they beat Miami by three scores. And that Miami win is looking real good after the past two weeks with two straight rank wins for the Hurricanes. And then they get a 16-point comeback over um, over Michigan this weekend. The blemishes, though. I always put blemishes on resume because no one's resume is perfect right now yeah. other than Georgia. Other than Georgia. Georgia's as perfect as, as, perfect as it could be. Their blemish is that five-point win over Indiana. Because guess who beat Indiana by 14 points on the road? Cincinnati Cincinnati did. And so if you're looking at, you know, common opponents, Cincinnati's got the leg up right now for Michigan State. They both got top 10 wins, and they both played a common opponent, and Cincinnati beat them by 14 points on the road. And Michigan State, did, I believe, got them in East Lansing. So that's a a nod for Cincinnati, but for me – once it comes down to that, I go by eye test. I think Michigan State's a slightly better team right now than Cincinnati. And they got that star player in Kenneth Walker, where I think we both agree we see it every year in college football. If you have that transcendent star, that goes a long way in terms of bringing you to the top. So that's why I got Michigan State at two. For Cincinnati over Bama, it really just came down to one. I think Bama's ranked wins have come have really aged poorly. And another thing is since he has that top 10 road win, Bama has not faced a team in the top 10 yet. They just, they, they haven't, they, their schedule will probably allow it. Well, cause one of Georgia and two, if Auburn wins out, Auburn will be in the top 10 when they go, when they travel to Jordan Hare on the last weekend in November. But the positive though, is all their wins are by three or more scores other than that Florida game. So they have been dominant in the games that they have won. And so for me, the only reason I have Cincinnati over Bama right now, and yes, I will agree with you right now, Bama probably is a better team than Cincinnati. But for me, when you're ranking teams based on this season, it has to be based on on on-field performance, not hypotheticals that we don't even know will happen yet. So for me, if you go on the field, win all eight of your games, you've got a top 10 win, 
you're, the team you're facing has not faced a top 10 team. I think Cincinnati deserves a nod as of right now. Now, if, if, if Alabama goes on and beats an Auburn, they're dominant all the way down the stretch. I think Bama jumps Cincinnati in the coming weeks. And that, that's fair enough because Cincinnati doesn't have a ranked win or a ranked game on their schedule unless SMU sneaks in. And they also could get Houston in the AAC championship game. So that could be two, two ranked wins that Cincinnati could potentially have, but it's not looking promising. So for me, right this second on November 4th, as we're recording, I think Cincinnati has a slightly better argument for number three than Bama, but that will change week to week. And then for me, my top two teams left out were Oklahoma, Ohio State. As much as Oklahoma is undefeated, I told you how bad their resume yeah. looks. And then on top of that, Ohio State, you know, they, they don't have any top 15 wins. Ohio State's resume is worse but, than I mean, right it, now. It's it's potentially coming. I mean, they're going to – Oh, yeah. They're more likely – They're going to more than likely meet Michigan State in the yeah. Big Ten Championship unless they lose to Michigan. And then they're going to play Michigan in that rivalry cool. game that they always do. So, if they beat Michigan – there there's your top 10 win and you know if they beat and then if they beat michigan state there's a there's a top four win and there's your fourth ranked team in the country yeah, yeah well michigan state's in their division so they're oh, gonna have well, to play them in the regular season and so that so that the that's gonna be the biggest factor for ohio state is so let's say well they meet twice no, it's uh, okay. yeah, the yeah, the divisional winners go. So they would, I believe, right now, Iowa, Iowa, and Minnesota are the leaders in the other division. So they either get a rematch with Minnesota or face Iowa. So that's the biggest detriment for Ohio State is I don't think they're going to have a great conference championship win. Just like if Wake Forest gets to the ACC championship, who who are you putting stock into that's going to impress the committee? Yeah. I don't think there's many teams that you could face. And right now they don't have a top 15 win. And God, for, and we've seen Harbaugh do this, man. What happens to Ohio State if Harbaugh falls, falls down the stretch? And they're not, even, they're not even the top 15 when they play. They could go through the entire season and only have one top 15 game. Yeah. And, then, and then, then your resume is behind Alabama. It's behind even a Michigan State. A one-loss Michigan State would have just as good of a resume over an uh, over a one-loss Ohio State. You would have just as bad of a resume as Oregon. Oklahoma would be right there with you. I mean, Ohio State's in major trouble just because as strong as the Big Ten was early, they started beating up on each other, man. And now you got a three-loss Wisconsin, a two-loss Iowa, a two-loss Minnesota, and then you could potentially, if if because that division with Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, that's a brutal division. And Penn State can go off and knock off a of Michigan. They can knock off a of Michigan State and then all chaos break loose. So I don't think the Big Ten settled by far. But for me, the top four teams in the country were easy for me. It was Georgia, Michigan State, Cincinnati, Bama. And really and truly, I don't care which order you put them in. As long as they're in the top four, you could have Georgia, Bama, Michigan State, Cincinnati, and I'd be fine with it. I just think right now, looking at the resume, Cincinnati's resume is stronger than Ohio State and Oklahoma's right now. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna argue against Cincinnati here because you know that's that's the side that I've been on <laughs> since the beginning, and then, hey, you got to ride with it. I respect it. I respect it. It's nothing against Cincinnati, and we'll get into a, a different side of this take towards the end of the show when we discuss Cincinnati, but I'm going to use the eyeball test. You mentioned it earlier, the eye test. The eye test tells me they're not a number four ranked team in the country. And, and here's why. And I, before 
anyone says, but Stewart, they beat Murray State 42 to 7. They did. You're completely right. They beat Murray State 42 to 7. That's a three and five, a losing record. Missouri, Missouri State, Murray State team, sorry, yeah. Murray State team. <laughs> that was tied with them at seven, not 21, not 28, seven at halftime. Yes, they eventually came around and pulled out, and that speaks to their second half performance. You could say this is transitive property. I don't know if you're tied with – I don't know if they play the way they play versus Murray State against Georgia. That necessarily works out for them. I Here's the thing. They, they beat a Navy team by only by seven. And we talk about everyone wants to throw out Florida for Alabama. They want to throw out Mississippi State for, for Alabama. And I'm not saying they completely overlooked the Navy loss, but they – they rush straight to the Florida and Mississippi State thing. I, in my opinion, Navy's worse than than both of those teams. I I would say I would say they're a worse team than Florida and Mississippi State. So to only beat them by seven, and I get it's a triple option. It's hard to stop. I played in the triple option offense in high school. If it's ran properly, it's it's incredibly hard to stop. I get it, but. This is a team that's supposed to be a top four team in the country. This is a team that's supposed to compete with Bama and Georgia, Michigan State for a national championship. And you beat Navy by seven. I'm not convinced. Indiana, the Indiana loss coming into the into the season, everyone pointed to Indiana and Notre Dame as the top two as the biggest test for Cincinnati to to walk out and have a chance at the college football playoffs. They beat Notre Dame on the road, like you said. But that Indiana loss, you want to talk about losses not looking great now. The Indiana loss or the Indiana win does not look great now because that's a two win, three win Indiana team that, you know, Cincinnati beat. So to me, it's like I can't really give them credit for beating Indiana, who's a two win team and not really as good as everybody thought they were. For me, that's where I look at Cincinnati and say they're not a top four team because they struggle with teams that. They should have beaten the brakes off of. Yes, they beat the brakes off of Missouri or off. Of, I don't know why I keep saying Missouri. Murray off State, of, yeah, Murray. Off of Murray State, <laughs> but at halftime it shouldn't have even been close. It should have been twenty-eight to nothing at halftime. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Bill. Let me ask you something: the year Bama won the Natty, how far did you drop them when they were losing to the Citadel at halftime? Well, I didn't. I didn't really follow. Uh, College football that much. I've only recently. Hey, gotten Bama won. Bama won the Natty the year they beat Georgia. They were losing to the Citadel at halftime the week before the Iron Bowl. Yeah, I, here's the thing. I you can again they they turn around they won forty two to seven. Uh, Cincinnati did, and I'll give them credit. You were able to turn it around, but I could also argue I'm not sure. I haven't gone back and looked at that schedule. You could probably also argue some of the teams they played in the SEC justified them you know, being, getting the benefit of the doubt in that team. I I look at, it's the conference, and I understand it's going to kind of make me sound like an elitist or like a, a, I root for the big conferences. And it's nothing against that. But I'll use Notre Dame because Notre Dame is the example I've been using this entire time as to why I don't think they deserve to be in the college football playoffs. Notre Dame's an, an FBS independent school. They can schedule whoever they want, when they want, how they want. They play Stanford and USC. This isn't Andrew Luck Stanford. This isn't the John Elway Stanford. This isn't whatever Stanford team 
you can think of this isn't that team. These are not Stanford teams in the last couple of years that people have made them out to be. USC, it isn't Pete Carroll's USC. Let's be, let's be honest. Like, it's not Pete Carroll's USC. They've had some good players, Cody Kessler, Sam Darnold, Keaton Slovis here and there, JT Daniels. But this isn't the Pete Carroll USC. Yeah. And everybody holds that they beat USC, they beat Stanford, they beat this team, they beat Michigan one year. And then Michigan would go on, like you said, to fall apart at the end of the year. They put them in the college football playoffs, they could beat by 40 because they were able to make their own schedule. They're not in a conference where they play tough teams every year, year in, year out, and they're battle-tested by the time the, the college football playoffs come around. Instead, they've had some, you know, I don't want to say cakewalks, but they've had some easy victories, some easy, easier wins than some of these other schools like Clemson and, and Bama and Georgia have had, and then they go in and get stopped. That's my only argument towards Cincinnati is, and I understand it's their conference. It's not their fault. I get that. But when you're beating teams like they are in their conference, I can't expect you to go in and play a, a Big Ten team, an SEC team, a, a Pac-12 team, and in my opinion, have like a realistic shot because it's not like you're beating, especially when I see you barely beat teams like Navy and struggle with Murray State at halftime. I, I just can't look at those at Cincinnati and say, with my eyes, that's a top four team in the country. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, like, you just the only thing I ask for is consistency. If you drop Alabama three spots because they struggle with the Citadel, then yeah, by all means, Cincinnati's number six. I mean, I, I will be knows? on the bandwagon with you. And but and then also, when Oklahoma barely beats Army, you know, the year with Baker Mayfield where they went to the college football playoff. If you drop Oklahoma five spots because of that, I'm fine. Cincinnati's sixth then. But we keep making excuses for all these power five teams for not beating teams like they're supposed to. But then we don't give the same benefit that I was at Cincinnati. And, you know, you point to the halftime with Murray State. You know, if that game was any closer in the second half, I'd be with you. But that, like you said, they won 42 to seven. And how many name another power five team in the top 10 that would get up for an 11 a.m. kickoff with an FCS team? Not many. Not many. And on top of that, they beat both the Power 5 schools that they played on the road by double digits. And that was what the playoff committee said. Go out and schedule Power 5s. And like, in, and like we both know, being college football guys, you can only make the schedule so far in advance. Well, they yeah. scheduled arguably a top three Big Ten team last season and one of in a, in a perennial top 10 playoff contender in Notre Dame, both on the road and both back-to-back and beat them by double digits on the road. And then on top of that, outside of the Navy loss, they still end up beating Tulane by more than Oklahoma did. And then on top of that – oh, my bad, go ahead. No, they they did. You're completely correct. But even in the second – like, this wasn't a first-half thing. This was a second-half thing. Going into the fourth quarter – they were only up by like eight points, nine points on the two-lane team. Yeah. And Oklahoma Oklahoma barely beat them too. That's why Oklahoma's eight. So yeah. I am giving Oklahoma their credit. But it's, it's, it's that stuff that I'm talking about. It's, yes, they pulled away in the fourth quarter because eventually they are the better team. They're better than Tulane. Tulane has like a – I don't even remember if it was their starting quarterback that was playing – 
Yeah, it was their freshman because the um one of them one of them got injured. I think the other kid got COVID right before the game or something like that and had to sit out. So they were playing a true freshman quarterback last second too. So it's the same thing that happened with AM and Bama is you don't game plan for the backup. Yeah. And then and, they come out and it's an eight point, it's 21 12 and yeah. going into the fourth quarter. And they pull away, they score 10 points in the fourth to make it 31 to 12 to look a little better. And that's fine because they are the better team. I expect that. And that's what you would expect. That's what anybody who watches college football to expect. But going into the fourth quarter versus Tulane, like, let's look at the four teams. What do you think Bama would have done to Tulane? I think they would have, you know, washed their feet with that. You know, they would have dog walked Tulane. I think Georgia would have had no issue with, with Tulane. I think Michigan State probably would have had no issue with, with Tulane. Oregon, maybe. I don't know. I think Oregon's been up and down a couple of times this year, so Oregon might have. But you look at the at least three of the four teams would have dog walked Tulane, in my opinion. And Cincinnati going into the fourth quarter, it was they were only up by nine. They were what one interception from Desmond Ritter, one big play from Tulane, from this being a completely different story. Yeah, the only problem with that is you're looking at it in a vacuum because you're looking at it where Cincinnati didn't play their best game. So what would Bama have done if they played the same percentage of game that Cincinnati played this weekend where they didn't come in focus, where they didn't execute well, and Tulane gave them a run for their money. Tulane, as bad as a record, they've played all their big teams close, almost beat Oklahoma. They should have beat Oklahoma, to be honest. And they played Cincinnati really close. So you're looking at it in a vacuum like, oh, the, that Georgia team, if they play their best, would dog walk Tulane. Nine times out of ten, Cincinnati's dog walking Tulane as well. It just happened they didn't show up this weekend. And, yeah, they should be docked for that. And that's why but I they, said, you know, you can drop them a little bit. But to say that they don't get an excuse when Bama got a whole excuse for losing to a backup quarterback at AM, the week after Mississippi State dog walked AM, to me, is a double standard. And that's fine, but it's not just – but it's not just Tulane. Like they struggled in the first, like I've been talking about their first half woes all season long. Like they struggled in the first half versus Murray state. As we've talked about, they struggled the whole game, but also the first half versus Navy. They struggled versus Tulane in the first half. This isn't just like a, Oh, they struggled in the first half and into the fourth quarter versus Tulane. It was a one-time occurrence. It happened once it didn't happen. It, it's been a constant thing that we've seen with Cincinnati all year they've been the better team that's why they've been able to pull it out i i just they they beat notre dame on the road and i'll give them credit for beating notre dame on the road that was a win i did not think they were going to get i that was a win i thought they were going to get dog walked in they won they beat notre dame that's fine i'm not a notre dame fan either because if you've listened to the podcast or you've listened to any of my takes i'm extremely rush rough on notre dame as well because I think Notre Dame's gotten in a couple times when they have not deserved to be a top four team. I'll give them credit. They got a top 10 win on the road. But I look at their first half woes, and I think it's a problem. And I think it's something that needs to be fixed, especially if they have a shot at being a top four team in the country. Would you at least agree with that? Yeah, but I, I agree with that completely. But there's also woes for every top six team that has to be fixed. Oklahoma's got to figure out their defense. Oregon has a, no offensive consistency. Well, you Oklahoma know, plays Ohio, in the Big 12. I mean, we can't yeah, expect them to have it, a defense. 
That's that's true. Ohio State ha- Ohio State has to has to fix their run defense. Alabama has to figure out their running game consistently, and their defense hasn't been consistent this year either at Alabama against the best opponents they face. The only team that I don't think you can pick a real flaw out is Georgia right now, and you technically can, which was quarterback play, but they're playing with their backup quarterback. That's why I think is Georgia and everyone else. They're missing their top three wide receivers, two starting offensive linemen their quarterback, and their best defensive player in Tyke Smith at safety, and there's dog walking everybody in the country. That's why I just don't even think it's close. But even Michigan State, their defense has given up almost 450 yards per game. That's got to be fixed. And on top of that, you look at all these teams, they all have flaws because we're in week 10 and no one's game's perfect unless you're Georgia. And we've seen a perfect Georgia team get dog walked when they went to Jordan Hare in 2017 and then get upset in the national championship too. So it's a weekly thing for me. But I just think what's happening is because Cincinnati is a group of five teams, their schedule isn't the hardest, their flaws are being hit with a magnifying glass while we're just ignoring all the flaws of the other top 10 teams. Because, I mean, you can look at any of the top 10 teams and I can give you the same number of flaws for all of those teams that you can give me for Cincinnati. And and what it comes down to, man, is the final score. Did you win? And did you win? How did you win? And they've won every single game by double digits except one, which was that Navy game. And, and, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you credit. I'll give you that. I'll give you Cincinnati that. I've said that they've pulled away and they've won because they are the better team. We could argue about Cincinnati until we're blue in the face. (laughs) I don't think either one of us is going to agree with the other one because I think we are on two totally different sides of this. I will say I looked at the rest of Cincinnati's schedule before the committee released their thing. And I don't think they're getting any favors, especially if SMU is not ranked. If if SMU is ranked like they are, I think it's an AP poll, maybe the coaches poll, they were like they're, they're, the, uh, Yeah, they're ranked in both of them. They were ranked 24th. If, if they yeah. If that was the college football committee, that would be the only team they have left on their schedule that would be ranked unless they play Houston in the conference championship, which you talked about. So it's not they're not getting any favors in that instance as far as that team that could elevate them into yeah. being a top four team, which we'll see. Hopefully Cincinnati's still good in five years and they'll they'll go to, you know, um the Big 12. That's another thing. Uh, I don't mean to bring up U- UCF because that was so long ago, but you know, everyone talks about the poster child for this is UCF, and they talk about the, the undefeated streak and the national championship. It was like a one-time thing. Their coach moves on. Now look at them. I mean, what are they now? They're they're one of just another team. They're just another well, well team to be fair, they've people. lost they've lost 13 starters to injury before including their starting quarterback and they got a first year head coach like let, let's ease up on the UCF but, but that's what I'm saying. I feel you but I, that's what I'm saying is you know Cincinnati's coach is being talked about potentially for the U, UC you know USC job he'll he'll get mentioned for some other jobs Luke Fickle will if they lose Luke Fickle before they go to the Big 12 the question becomes when they get to the Big 12 is this the same Cincinnati team that on November 4th 2021 we're talking about I don't know. That's another thing is I don't want us to get caught up in this one season, this one moment, this one instance where Cincinnati is really good and they have one good season like we did with Indiana last year. 
and hyped them up to be this team. And the next year they fall off or two years from now, they're, they're well, back to being Cincinnati. Well, why does that matter? I mean, the playoff, the, this is the 2021 college football playoff rank is not the, you know, ESPN drops you a poll that if you want to look at future rankings, they can <laughs> give you based on recruiting and stuff. You can go look at that all you want. We're talking about on the field performance. Auburn in 2010, did, did that Cam Newton team not deserve to go to the national championship because Cam Newton and 22 players went to graduate or went to the NFL and then they went three and nine two years later? They didn't deserve the natty? No, I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, let's say they, they're the fourth-ranked team in the country and they go in there and it's not close. And then we look back. We're going to look back in three years when they're three and five or three, you know, two and four or whatever. And we're going to, we're going to be like, man, that was kind of, that was kind of silly. You know, Cincinnati being in the, in the college football playoffs. Now, if it's close, it would be a different story. And it would be something that, you know, we could write home to mom about and tell all these great stories for, for a decade. But I, I agree with you. It is just about this year and things like that. But I'm just saying like, everybody was saying, not everybody, but I live in Indiana. So I hear it a lot about IU so I say everybody because of where I'm from everybody talks about was talking about IU last year and how this was their chance and they were going to beat Ohio State and then they were going to be one of the top four teams in the country and they've won two games three games all year like yeah. let's not get I I'm afraid just like we did with UCF and like we did with Washington a few years back when they had Jake Browning and all of them that we're going to get caught up in the moment. And then when Desmond Ritter leaves and they bring in another quarterback and all this other stuff, we're going to look back and be like, okay, that, that was silly. But it wasn't because that was a different team. Like, like no kidding. Like the 20, like that'd be like Alabama in 2012. Like they won the natty and then everybody graduated. Then they had three losses the next year. Oh, we were so silly for giving them a chance in the national championship. Like teams change like over, like, are we stupid for letting Clemson in last year because they got blown out and now they suck because everyone left? I mean, probably. No, no, we're not because who was a better team than Clemson last year? Name a team who belonged in the playoffs over Clemson last year. Well, I mean, Ohio State. Well, they were in the playoffs. The no. team that didn't make the playoffs <laughs> that belonged that belonged in over Clemson. I mean, you, you can't name. I mean, maybe if you had an argument, if you were doing the uh, transfer of property, you could be like Notre Dame. Notre Dame does. Well, well, Notre Dame was in the playoffs. They were. God, I can't listen. I, exactly. I can't so it's a that's a terrible argument, Stu. That's not how I wanted to end the show. That's you can't make that argument because well, the show ain't over yet. Show ain't over yet. That, like so, I mean, so like every team who gets blown out. So who belonged in over Ohio State in twenty and I believe it was twenty sixteen when they got beat thirty one to nothing by Clemson. I have to go back. Who belonged in the top four? I have to go back and look. Yeah, so nobody like it's clear like it doesn't matter like so yes there's a big turnover every year and yes what if Georgia wins it all this year and next year they lose however many people and then next year they lose four games are we stupid for letting them in the playoffs? I mean no yeah maybe I don't uh, know yeah so you can't judge based on like future success because teams change like this year's Cincinnati team right now would be undefeated in the ACC, in my opinion. You think this so? Year's, oh, yeah, man, they well, would be the ACC is not The ACC is not yeah. good. And they would be undefeated in the Big 12 right now. They would beat Baylor. They would beat Oklahoma State. And I'm picking Cincinnati to beat Oklahoma if they face Ralph right now. 
I, yeah, picked, I think it'd be, I picked them to beat be Notre Dame. Be but I picked I picked them to beat Notre Dame in Indiana by double digits on our show. And I'm telling you, like if you so the thing that gets me is, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying some people on my show that I've talked to, they always like, well, Cincinnati's overrated, man. They don't have the same players. I'm like, name five players on Cincinnati's roster right now, off the top of your head. And they can never do it. I'm like, which Cincinnati games have you watched kickoff to kickoff? Man, I just saw it on ESPN. Like, I've just been reading, I've been reading the ESPN game summary. And it's like, you haven't watched a single bit of film and you're saying they can't compete. And you haven't watched a game. You just go look at the box score. Like, like they have a, a legit top 10 pick at corner at Amai Gardner. Desmond Ritter is going to be an NFL draft pick at quarterback. Their running back was a five-star from Alabama and Jerome Ford, who's leading the, one of the leading rushers in the country. They have a defensive lineman in Majay Sanders, who was top five in pass rush percentage generated. Their cornerbacks with Kobe Bryant, Ahmad Gardner, and the two safeties are four of the best DBs in the entire country statistically. They got talent and all the people who want to say last year they faced Georgia in the peach ball and that Georgia had this many players opted out. Cincinnati was missing seven of their own starters in that game due to injury and still came within three points of beating Georgia. So to say that they don't deserve a chance because there's a chance they might get blown out. So let's take Cincinnati out of it, man. You put Bama, Michigan state and Georgia into the playoffs and that four spots open name a single team between Cincinnati, Ohio State, Oregon, Michigan, Notre Dame, I'll keep going, Wake Forest, that wouldn't possibly get blown out by Georgia. I mean, the only one you could say. Maybe I, I, is, Oklahoma, is Ohio State. Maybe, maybe Ohio State. Maybe. I'll give you that. But I, is it wrong for me to want to watch good football come January 1st? It is good like, football. Like, but Stu, is how it, many Cincinnati games have you watched Is it fun this watching year? Notre Dame get blown out every year? knowing or or Washington get blown out in, in 2017. Like, I don't want to turn on the TV, watch Cincinnati, and see the score at, at in the third quarter, 43, Alabama, 7, Cincinnati. So you, so you would rather watch you would rather watch Ohio State get beat by 31 by Clemson than Cincinnati I'd rather beat watch by Ohio, 31? I'd rather watch 43, Alabama, 40, Ohio State, and Ohio State's driving to try to win the game. As opposed well, that, that's to a, if it's a good game, Stu, but like every name a year where they haven't had a blowout in the first round. You can't because can. there's always a blowout because there's always one team that doesn't show up because like that's why we love college football, Stu. Every week there's a team that possibly couldn't show up right now. Do you think A&M would beat Alabama? So if they play 10 times in Kyle Field, that same situation, how many times does A&M beat Bama out of 10? Um, may, I mean, obviously once. Maybe, maybe, and then Bam would probably win, what, the other nine times that yes. they played their game? So you're telling me off the off chance that, that Georgia just dominates Cincinnati, they don't deserve a chance because, you know, because Ohio State might beat Georgia three times out of ten rather than two times out of ten. I'm just saying that history has shown you the teams who – here, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I, I brought up the schedule thing, and I can argue that Ohio State would be more battle-tested playing good team, Michigan State, Michigan, potentially Minnesota, depending on where they're ranked at the end of the year if they make the – compared to a Cincinnati team. And I don't want to keep harping on the Cincinnati thing because you know there are other things I want to talk about, but I, I will leave it by saying that 
I'm sorry. I I kind of want to root for Cincinnati now. I said this the other day. <laughs> yeah. I want to root for Cincinnati to to make it and just to see. You know, I like to see if I'm right. I'm sure you know. We we don't really talk a whole lot of NFL. Me and you don't. It's mainly college football. Yeah. In the group chat on Twitter, among some of my friends, I'm regarded as the Jameis Winston hater. I don't hate Jameis Winston. I want Jameis to be successful. I want him to prove me wrong. I don't want Cincinnati. I don't hate Cincinnati. I want Cincinnati to be a top four team. I want them to go in. I want them to beat Alabama. I want them to beat then beat Georgia in the national championship or whoever and win a national championship. And I have to come on here and face you and Mo and Jeff and everyone else and say, we're going to have the whole, like, it's just going to be like a, like a roulette of off the ball network people yeah. coming through here with Cincinnati gear on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I want more than anything. I don't think it's going to happen. For no, they're not reasons. winning the natties. They're not some winning of the them, natty. some of them out of Cincinnati's control. I, I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I do. I don't want to be regarded as this hater for Cincinnati because I want them to be successful and I want them to prove me wrong. And I want more than anything to expand the college football playoffs. But I want it to be good football. That's all I want. That's all I want is good football. These Georgia-Alabama national championships is what I want, you know, where it's back and forth. The Deshaun Watson hitting Hunter Renfro in the corner of the end zone to beat Alabama is what I want. I, I just – I'm tired of watching Notre Dame every new year. I'm told it's the fourth best team in the country. They're going to get slacked, and then I have to listen to Notre Dame fans whine and cry and all that stuff. Like, I'm just tired of hearing about teams that are apparently the fourth best team in the country, and then they go in and get slaughtered by the, the third or second best team in the country. That, that's it. That's all I'm asking for is good yeah, That's fair, man. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. All right, so let's move on to Michigan State. Michigan State was highly ranked or highly ranked in your rankings as well. What are your thoughts? I, I think Mel Tucker has done a good job, a great job, it, since he's taken over as a head coach. He's brought them – I mean, they're one of the top four teams in the country. So, I mean, how much better of a job could you do besides being number one? What do you, what do you think, first of all, about Mel Tucker and how he's done and then also just Michigan State as a whole? I mean, I think you might as well take that coach of the year award and deliver it to his front doorstep. I mean, listen, it's great that you can take an Ohio State and Oklahoma, you know, an Alabama, Georgia to the college football playoff to come into Michigan State off the turmoil that they had coming off of, you know, all the allegations with the trainers, the football allegations, the, the sanctions, everything they had uh, under D'Antonio for him to come in after yeah. one year and have them at number three in the country is, is just absolutely impressive. And not only to do that, to do it on the back of a transfer like a Kenneth Walker who came from Wake Forest, who wasn't highly regarded as a recruit, as a transfer, and turn him into a Heisman-type potential player, I mean, you got to give Mel Tucker all the credit in the world. And they're doing it in a unique way. So I don't know how many people, you know, actually watch Michigan State and, you know, look into it. They don't start five offensive linemen. They rotate eight to ten offensive linemen per game and move them around positions, and they rotate every drive. I can't name another team in the country that would even dare try that. And they're doing it on the national stage in top ten matchups. And Mel Tucker – you have to give him credit. I mean, he comes from that Nick Saban, Kirby Smart coaching tree, and you know he knows how to coach. He can he can recruit as you know what off. And for me, 
He's going to be the hottest coach on the market. If Michigan State can keep him, you're looking at Michigan State as a team that realistically can start stealing Big Ten titles from Ohio State. And I, I like, I know everyone jumped on the Indiana bandwagon last year. I don't think this is that. I really think Mel Tucker is building something in terms of a long-term successful plan. He is a defensive guy. It's only his second year. I think that defense is going to improve, and that's going to be key. Can that defense hold up against an Ohio State, against a Georgia, against an Alabama, that they bring another dimension compared to what Michigan did? Because Cade McNamara looked like a star on Saturday against that secondary. They're allowing 300 yards per game. This week is going to tell a lot about that culture, though, man. They play Purdue on the road, and Purdue has the most top two wins, upsets, in college football by, like, I think it's like six games. And so a top three win probably looks easy to them. And they pass the ball so much, they average like 350 through the air and only rush for like 60 yards per game. So this is going to be a huge test of can you not overlook a weaker opponent in Purdue? So if Mel Tucker wins this weekend, man, that Ohio State-Michigan State matchup is going to be one of the games of the year, and I cannot wait to see it. That, that means we'll have my guy, I guess, Johnson and Joel Klatt out there, right? I, I, I don't know, man. Listen, Johnson's got to be the out. best. Johnson's got to be the best announcer in the country. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, oh, him and Joel Klatt are amazing, but, man, that game can't be at 11 a.m., I will be so upset if I got to wake up at 1030 in the morning to watch that game at 11 a.m. That needs to be in prime time, like in front of everyone's eyes. I mean, Michigan, Michigan State averaged, I think it was like 9.3 million viewers. If you put Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State in prime time on like ABC at 630 in that Penn State, Ohio State time slot, there's no doubt they can get over 10 million viewers on that game. I really believe that. And so for me, they have to put that on the national stage. I agree. I agree. Let's move on to a, two more teams that a lot of people are upset about not being in the top 25. I'll, I'll give top 25. I think one of them, maybe both, well, both of them probably deserve to be a top 15 team. Um, I'm, I'm also deemed as a Coastal Carolina hater. I just, it's nothing against Coastal Carolina. Listen, they're they're what started this last year. They are the team that started this whole thing that I have with Cincinnati. Is everyone was talking about expanding the college football playoffs so we could see Coastal Carolina get in? I thought it was silly then. I think it's silly now. But we're not getting into that argument again. But Coastal Carolina and UTSA were left out of the you know committee's top top twenty five. They were in the APP. They were in the AP poll. They may have. I I haven't looked at the coaches' poll in a while. So yeah, they they're, may have they're also in been in the coaches' poll as well. They were left out. What do you What do you think when you saw that both Coastal Carolina and UTSA were not in the top twenty five? So Coastal, I'm not surprised about. I mean, they have one of the lowest strength of schedules in the country. I mean, the first good team they played in Appalachian State beat them. And, yes, it was only 30-27, to but, I mean, Appalachian State kind of dominated the pace of that game. They were more physical. And, you know, I say yes, if Coastal Carolina is, you know, 23 through 25, I'm not mad. But any higher, I don't really think they should be. I think they have an argument to be over Wisconsin with three losses. I mean, like I said, that's, that's ridiculous that that's a thing. But UTSA is the one I'm most mad about because they have a power five win over Illinois who has a win over Iowa, who is at 22, sitting there with multiple losses. They also have a win over Memphis, who beat that three-loss, apparently number 16-ranked team in the country in Mississippi State. And 
they beat up they beat Louisiana Tech 45-16. Mississippi State struggled to beat them by one point. I thought common opponents mattered, Stu. I thought common opponents mattered. Apparently, they only matter for the Power Five teams. Four of their wins are by 14 or more points. They've looked dominant doing it. Yes, they're not in a big conference. And I'm not asking them to be put in the top 15. But the fact that they're not even 25 is just is just ridiculous. And we got three lost teams being propped up on some, you know, trumped up, you know, resume thing that, you know, Mississippi State's not 16. And UTSA has a better resume than Mississippi State right now due to common opponents. So for me, they should at least be, I would say, probably 21 to 18, somewhere in there. But the fact that they're not ranked is ridiculous. But I'm with you on Coastal Carolina. They ain't played a soul. They've not been really impressive against anybody. They struggled with Buffalo. They've got beat by Appalachia State. If they were 25, I won't be mad, but they definitely, I don't think, I'm not going to, I'm not going to raise hell over Coastal Carolina, but UTSA should feel completely disrespected. All right. I, I agree with you. Somebody on the Coastal Carolina, the, uh, the bath soap football team, as I like to call them, <laughs> does it not smell like something you go to Bath and Body Works and you look at a, like, a bottle on the soap and it says coastal Carolina. Like that's the scent. The, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I don't mean <laughs> I don't mean to be disrespectful to coastal Carolina. I'm just saying, like, that's what it sounds like to me. Um, great job. Great job today. You did a great job. Appreciate I think you it, won. Man. I'll give you credit. I think you won the argument this time. <laughs> I think you won it this hey, time. Listen, man, uh, with the off the ball network, man, I'll be on here so often that I'm sure we'll be split into these debates 50-50 by the end of the season. <laughs> Probably. But uh, before you leave, uh, just tell tell the uh, audience a little bit about what you're doing, uh, where they can find you, and you know just some of the latest stuff you've been up to. Yeah, man, you can find us. Uh, you know, you can find our previews and recaps on um, all podcast streaming platforms. We just kind of throw all our previews into one audio file and let y'all rock out with that. But on YouTube, you can get daily college ball content other than Saturday because I know y'all are watching the games. Y'all don't want to see my face on Saturday. Y'all are trying to listen to Gus Johnson and watch your favorite team. So we skip Saturdays during the season. But on the off season, five days a week content as well there, there man. Mondays and Sundays are recap days and breaking news days. And then Tuesday through Friday, we drop two, three, four game previews a day. We cover Power 5, Group of 5, FCS, HBCU, only YouTube channel out there, man, that covers that much college football. And, man, we got player interviews during the offseason. We always get special guests on the show. And, of course, man, y'all can just find us, the Blue Bloods, on YouTube, man. Make sure to go subscribe. But first, subscribe to my guy, Stu, first, man. This guy's doing it big. So, striving to be you, man. Thanks. I, I think you, you should strive to be higher than me, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to start somewhere, man. We got to start somewhere. I, I guess. Uh, for those of you listening at home, I appreciate it. Listen, I can, I can only do so much. I can only share this on social media. I can do everything in my power. It's you guys. I believe you guys are the strongest. The word of mouth. If you have a friend that likes sports talk radio, sports podcast, whatever, send this to them. I always say it. I'm going to say it again. Spam it to them. Send it so much into their DMs or text messages, their, their emails, whatever it is, that they get annoyed that they have to listen to it or that they block you, either one. Uh, just do it so much that you spam them because it's the only way to help it grow is by the word of mouth and by you know transportation from, from you guys to the next one. So thanks for listening. Have a good day, good afternoon, good night, whatever it is. You have a good one, and I'll see you next time.